the premium brands that are also the most expensive brands are at eyesight because they pay for that kind of placement. So look up, look down, get the generic pasta, egg noodles. I mean, is the texture different than your favorite name brand pasta? Maybe a little bit, but like, really, is that what we're worried about right now? Is that what you want to pay for right now? Ask yourself. Welcome to Didn't I Just Feed You, a podcast about feeding kids. Hey, I'm Megan. And I'm Stacy. This week, we're talking about little grocery swaps that you can make to save big at the grocery store. Little swaps, big savings. Oh, okay. That's a promise. Uh, (laughs) I mean, come on. People do not send receipts. Do not send them. I was doing a play on words, but I feel so much pressure. Okay, guys, we're just trying to help out. It's inflation. Groceries are expensive. We're hoping to help you get that grocery bill down. How's that? And help ourselves, too. Let's be honest. Hey, before we get into this week's episode, we want to invite you to complete our annual listener survey. You can participate by going to didn'tijustfeedyou.com backslash survey. I know. So genius with our URLs. (laughs) It's just over a dozen questions. Many are multiple choice, and it should take less than 10 minutes to complete. Plus, it helps us make Didn't I Just Feed You more of what you want. We'll share the link to the survey on social and in our community, too. We'd also love to have you in our community. Visit didn'tijustfeedyou.com backslash community to sign up for our free message board. Or you can look at the different membership tiers if you want to become a supporting member. Some membership tiers give you access to our recipe archive. Some get you access to bonus episodes every month, two full-length ones. Some actually get you all of the above. Also, if you just want those bonus episodes and you guys are like, I like listening to you, but I'm not going to go to the community. I cannot sign up for another thing. We also want you to know that you can get the bonus episodes by signing up for subscriptions for Didn't I Just Feed You via Apple Podcasts. So that's another option as well. For clarity and heads up, if you subscribe via Apple Podcasts, you get the exact same bonus episodes every month that you would if you were in our community and you're still helping support Didn't I Just Feed You. You're just not getting the little extra benefit of having direct access to us and being a part of our community. Are you really downplaying this week? You're like, oh, just the little extra. Yeah, you get access to us in the community. That's a damn big deal. It is a big deal. I listen. Every week I try to switch it up so it doesn't get boring for the people who turn into every episode. And some people like different marketing techniques, okay? So I'm just trying it all out. (laughs) We'll never know which ones really work because it's not like we're tracking it or anything. But it's also just my... Some some weeks I'm like, we're tits. Of course you want to sign up. (laughs) Like, that's the energy. And some weeks I'm like, you know what? If you support us via Apple... I also love you just the same. So this is how inflation, this is how inflation makes us feel. It's absolutely very real. crazy. I feel like all of my Instagram and TikTok is just talking about the price of eggs right yeah. now. Oh my and God, the funny memes. The funny memes. I'm going to be really straight. I don't know if I have any techniques for swapping eggs. Like, I don't know that there's anything I can help you with. Oh, maybe tofu. Well, scramble if you're into scrambled eggs. Oh, God. Tofu scramble. I know. It is it is good. I have had it. It's just not scrambled eggs. I will it's say, not. if you're a home baker, though, and you are you like making, even if it's just like a box of brownie mix that calls for some eggs, or you just want to make a batch of chocolate chip cookies, 
I have found that flax egg actually it's works. pretty effective. Yeah. Yes. I think that can work. So, you know, but flax is expensive. <laughs> but if flaxseed is something you already have that maybe you keep in your freezer because that's where it will last longer because, you know, you guys, a big part of saving money is also reducing your food waste and making what you buy last longer and using it all up, right? So that's a big piece of it. So keep that flaxseed in the freezer, use it in the smoothies, add it to rice, and then you can make a flax egg for some of your simple baking. Not like if you want to make a souffle or, I don't know, like something fancy, but like it's effective and then you don't have to use those precious eggs in your, just to make chocolate chip cookies. Okay, this is why you're my co-host because <laughs> I you say would it like use it would be anyone else. No, because like I would do that and I, especially for a baking mix and I'm like, oh, duh. For some reason I got in, I got in my own head and didn't even think about that. Eggs are hard, though. Eggs Eggs are are hard hard. because eggs are what, you know, eggs are satisfying. They are. Okay. You said mixes, which that was one of the things I had on my list is actually like making your own pancakes and cornbread and muffin mixes. If you rely on those for like snacks or for quick weeknight dinners or quick breakfast. It is pretty easy. And there are lots of reliable recipes to make your own mix of any of those and then still have the convenience of like, it's in your pantry. You can scoop out what you need when you need it and not have to make everything from scratch at one time. And you know, who's really good about this? Who's like, I just, it's sort of random, but Christine Co of edit your life show. I follow her on Instagram and she does this really smart thing where when she's making bread, like let's say she's making her favorite brownie recipe. She'll take like the, the deli containers. So they're like, they're not very big plastic containers and she'll portion out all of the dry ingredients for her favorite brownie recipe at one time. And then she has the satisfaction of having them once, but then she's already like pre prepped for the next time she wants to make brownies or carrot cake or whatever it is. And that's like a really low effort way to make that swap too. Yeah, that's genius. I think that we're going to have a lot of recommendations that are going to require a little extra labor. Yeah, right. So I do want to just quickly before we dive into more of those, take a step back and make a case for generic brands. I think that this is the time that you need to think about, you know, let's say you're not going to make your own pancake mix just because that's top of mind. So I'm going to use that as an, as an example. And you always buy Bisquick, whatever. Or Krusties. That was like, yeah. the, we had some extra spending money when I was, yeah. you know, we got the Krusties. Yes, totally. <laughs> yes. Right. It's funny because uh, I made a reel recently and a Bisquick box was featured in it. It was on the floor. It's about teenagers who cook and how they cook in your space. And one of the comments was, what, Bisquick, not Christie's? It was very funny. (laughs) Um, Anyway, this is a time to think about what really matters. Like, what you know, if it's a salad dressing, for example, well, if it's a salad dressing, make homemade, guys. (laughs) We'll get to that in a second. But if it's something where the flavor is going to be really prominent and the store-bought products flavor is going to be forward-facing, then stick with your preferred brand. But if it's like a pancake mix, if it's something in the background, go generic, get the cheaper brand, price, you know, do some price comparison. 
and save your money. Like it's not always worth it. I do think that we go on autopilot when we go food shopping a lot of times and you just grab the things that you're always used to grabbing. And lots of times thinking about the way supermarkets are organized, the premium brands that are also the most expensive brands are at eyesight because they pay for that kind of placement. So look up, look down, get the generic pasta, egg noodles. I mean, is the texture different than your favorite name brand pasta? Maybe a little bit, but like, really, is that what we're worried about right now? Is that what you want to pay for right now? Ask yourself. Also, there are some name brands that also package store brand varieties. So sometimes you're like paying for the blue box when your store brand box is actually the exact same product. So that's probably one of the like fastest, easiest swaps to do across everything that's packaged is like just by the store brand. Totally. And then I think related to that, you and I would both advocate for people being more open to canned and frozen. Yes. And not just veggies, because I see that as like Mm -hmm. the number one recommendation. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, buy frozen canned veggies. They're frozen and canned fruits, too. Yeah. And sometimes they are cheaper. I will give the caveat of like, obviously, you're not going to buy frozen spinach and try to make a spinach salad with it. So like you have to pick. but, But if you're able to like pick and choose, like my kids love broccoli and like This is one of those interesting places where you're saving yourself some labor because I would buy like the head of broccoli and then have to chop it myself. And recently I've been stocking frozen broccoli and it's already chopped. It's already blanched. So it like takes no time to cook it. And I'm actually saving time and money. And I think that people will buy they will buy fresh prepped before they will consider frozen too. Which and is now so you're paying much more even expensive. More. Yes. Like you're paying even more money, but you're perceiving that it is better for you because it's fresh. It's not. Frozen is frozen at peak freshness. So the nutrients are there. There was actually just a recent study that said canned and frozen vegetables. We've known this, but like, I really hope it gets out A lot of these myths, it's just about what gets repeated over and over and over and how like one study or one finding gets proliferated through the culture. I really hope that this goes through. Maybe this supermarket inflation will help get the word out because people are really concerned. These are nutritious. The issue isn't nutrients. The issue is knowing how to cook frozen and canned vegetables and knowing what adjustments to make so that it tastes as good as fresh and has the right texture that you're looking for. So how are you cooking the frozen broccoli? Just real quick. That is a big one that people don't often don't know how to get. I know. Right. I'm kind of mad. I'm actually kind of like mad at myself for not buying frozen broccoli more often. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Um, Okay. So a lot of times I will just like microwave steam it. I don't love to steam it in the bag. I feel like it for some reason overcooked. So I'll use my any day microwave containers, which I really like. But in the past, I would have just like done a, a bowl with a little bit of plastic wrap yep, and then vented it and like three minutes. So because otherwise it's overcooked. This yes. is the thing you're saying, right? Totally. Frozen vegetables are primarily bl- like blanched 
which means they're boiled and then they're rapidly chilled before freezing. Or in the case of canned vegetables, people think that canned vegetables are cooked and then canned, but typically they're actually like cooked in the can so that they're not overcooked. But either way, they're coming to you more cooked than their fresh variety. And so they just need less cooking. Also on the frozen broccoli, we love roasted broccoli. And Liz Moody, who is a woman who I follow on Instagram, she's written a couple of cookbooks. She's like more in the health and lifestyle arena than we are food. But she loves and is like a big proponent for roasting broccoli from frozen. Like she says, that's the way to do it. And her big caveat is that you don't put any oil on the frozen broccoli. You put it in the oven, like just bare naked on the pan for the first part of roasting so that all the steam is evaporated or all the moisture is evaporated off. And it doesn't just steam inside the like oil and salt coating. And then you take it out, put your seasonings, put some oil on it and continue to cook it until it gets super crispy. And it is so good that way. And I'm recently on this. This is not grocery savings. The Trader Trader Joe's has a cheese seasoning. Yeah. And I'll sprinkle that on broccoli and it's so good. (gasps) Oh, that's so smart. I saw the cheese seasoning and I just was like moving quickly because my Trader Joe's was jam packed. And I immediately was like, "Mm, popcorn. And then I was like, oh, Oliver doesn't like cheesy popcorn. I'm going to move on. I needed some more ways to use it to justify buying the whole thing. There you go. We also recently used it in like pasta, like as part of a cheese sauce when I did not have enough cheese. So... And it worked well. And it worked well. Could be a budget saver if, okay. if you wanted to try. Okay. I also feel like as our resident baker, I need to say that frozen fruit is still really great for baking. I buy it a lot for smoothies, but I think sometimes people forget like, oh, if I need cherries, I can get frozen cherries, which are like already pitted and ready to go and then put them into a crumble or whatever. And they're so great. I love that also if you love fruit yogurt, especially fruit on the bottom yogurt, instead buy a bigger container of plain yogurt that's going to be less expensive and then thaw frozen fruit and just like literally let it thaw because then it'll let off juices. You'll get something that's very similar to the texture of fruit on the bottom yogurt. Less gelatinous, but I actually prefer that. And then you can mix that in with your yogurt and it's great. And if the vanilla container or large vanilla container is more expensive than plain, I know it's not exactly the same, but grab the plain and then you can always mix in a little bit of honey, a little bit of cinnamon, even a little bit of vanilla extract or vanilla paste. If you already have those things on hand and you don't have to spend extra money on them, will make the yogurt taste sweet and delicious, especially with the fruit. Okay. That also brings up the whole idea and this is the big, this is a big swap of like, what are you buying that's individually packaged that you should, yes. you could be buying in bulk. So many people who write about like money and stuff, they're like, oh, buy in bulk. And they're talking about like the bulk bins, which I'm, I, I like the bulk bins for a number of reasons, including reducing waste. But I do think that there's also like a small learning curve there and we don't talk about it enough. But I'm talking about like, if you're buying the package of yogurt where it's like four yogurts in a thing can you just swap to buying the big tub of yogurt instead and like packaging it yourself buying the jumbo container of goldfish crackers instead of the little packages of them like so much more of a savings and also 
I just feel like, I don't know how to explain this. But I feel like it lasts longer because I say this and my kids are like pouring bowls full of goldfish. But I think that there is like some mental shift that happens where they don't feel like, oh, we only have the packages of goldfish for so long. They're like the big containers in there. We're good. We can eat as many that's as we want. really interesting. I wonder if that's true, that then the the psychological impact of feeling like there's abundance changes the way that you eat and move through certain foods, snack foods in particular. It's been a big game changer for snacks in our house. I love that. That's really interesting. So another one for me that's been a saver is, you know, like you were saying, what's already pre-portioned, what's convenience. It isn't just going to the bulk food aisle. Sliced cheese. I mean, there have been points in my life where in my fridge you would find two different kinds of sliced cheese. One like for sandwiches, like from the deli, then cracker cuts and shredded. <laughs> like so many different kinds of cheese and cheese sticks, like cheese in all forms. Whereas just buy a block <laughs> or two, like a block of cheddar, a block of Monterey Jack. You can grate it if you need it grated. People can cut their own cracker cuts. <laughs> you know, if you want to string cheese, just slice them up. You know, that will save you a ton of money thinking about like where you're really splurging on. People think of the convenience of pre-cut veggies because that feels new and novel. And we're all, even when there isn't inflation, we're so aware of the price increase to get already prepped fruits and veggies. But some of these other foods that we take for granted, like pre-shredded cheese, which we buy for convenience, you're also paying for that convenience. Yes. Okay. I just need to remind everyone, I don't know why, you can freeze cheese. Yes. You can freeze cheese. You can freeze cheese. I mean, I wouldn't do it with like a delicate brie, but that like part skin mozzarella and that cheddar cheese that you're buying every week. When we talk about buying things in bulk, we're also talking about the idea of buying the thing that your family eats repeatedly when it is on sale. So like if you have to have pre-shredded cheese and one week there's a buy one, get one free and you have the budget for it. If you can buy six of those packages, put one in the fridge to use that week and then freeze the rest, you're saving your future self money. And there's not a huge quality difference in the frozen and thawed cheese versus fresh that you bought that week. Chicken is another place to do that. Any kind of meat, really. Like if you can buy the family pack and then break it up and put it in your freezer, again, a little bit of labor, but taking advantage of sales and buying the things your family meets eats most often on sale is going to save some money too. Totally. And I will just say with chicken also, you can't do this as easily with other meats, with other proteins. This is labor. So it's not even just like a little extra. But if you learn how to break down a chicken, you will save so much money, you guys. I've said it a million times on the show. I know it's not for everyone, but a couple of our listeners have shared in our community. Okay, fine. Like she has said it enough that I've tried it. And oh my gosh, it's a game changer. It really is. You can save a substantive amount of money by breaking down a chicken because not only do you get all the different cuts. So you buy two birds, you're going to get four large breasts that you can cut into many more cutlets. You're going to get four legs, four thighs. But then you also have the carcasses where you can make stock instead of buying chicken stock. So 
And I wanted to also go back to the cheese thing where you can wait till the grated cheese is on sale. Or another way to save money is not just to think about your wallet. It's also to think about your time, right? Because I know this is cheesy, but like time equals money. Lots of times, right? So if there's one weekend that you know, like you're expecting a snowstorm or you're just going to, you guys are like all tired or you're in between sports seasons and it's a rare occasion where you're going to be home all day on a Sunday. Are you willing to take an hour to prep a bunch of stuff? That's the week to go buy two blocks of cheddar, two birds, prep a bunch of stuff and pop that stuff into your freezer. And now you've purchased the more affordable version. You've done the extra work in one big bulk of time when you know that you had it. And now everything's stored in your freezer ready to go for the month. Yes. Can we also add while you're doing that cheese and chicken prep that you're cooking (laughs) some dried beans? Yeah. Because that is another time saver. And it's one of those things where I'm always like, oh, I'm just going to cook this whole bag. And then I'm like, oh, that's a lot of beans. Yeah. So many beans. (laughs) (laughs) But Dried beans are like cents, whereas I people are like, oh, beans are so cheap. Just swap beans for chicken or whatever. I feel like canned beans are one of those things that's like just creeping up, creeping on up and totally. no one's noticing. Like used to be you could get a can of chickpeas for under a dollar and now they're like a dollar seventy five totally. up on two dollars depending on the brand. So that's another prep to save yourself some money. Cook some beans. And if you have an instant pot, it's so easy. And then use that cooking water to store the beans in mason jars. Or you can freeze the beans, not in the liquid. Just drain them and pack them up in Ziplocs. But that's another thing that is easy to store in the fridge for the week ahead or for weeks ahead if you use your freezer. I love it. We don't say that enough anymore. I (laughs) love it. it. Stacey, I don't know about you, but I've been in a major spring cleaning mode, including purging and organizing my closet. I'm putting away winter sweaters and donating things that don't work for me anymore. But I'm so excited to be pulling out some of my favorite items from Quince to put back into rotation. Totally. I love the pieces that I bought from Quince last year, too. And neither of us should really be surprised. We love Quince for their quality. And by partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Which means I can actually add some pieces back to my closet after my spring clear out. I love the linen pants and top I got last season so much, but my next purchase is one of Quince's gorgeous 100% washable silk skirts. Oh, that's so pretty. And the best part, all Quince items from silk to 14 karat gold are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. That's why I snagged my favorite oversized cashmere boyfriend cardigan from Quince instead of any other brand. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash D-I-J-F-Y for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash D-I-J-F-Y, short for Didn't I Just Feed You, to get free shipping and 365-day returns. This episode of Didn't I Just Feed You is sponsored by By Heart. Longtime listeners know that Stacy and I both struggled with infant feeding stages with all our kids. Breastfeeding was hard, and choosing a formula was, well, also hard. We're thrilled to be working with Byheart, an infant nutrition company on a mission to make the best formula in the world. 
Not only is By Heart an easy-to-digest formula, their formula is also clinically proven for easier digestion, less spit-up, and softer poops versus leading infant formula. By Heart has their own patented protein blend that includes prebiotics and an 80-20 whey-to-casein ratio, just like in early breast milk, which is tailor-made for a newborn's digestive system. Curious about By Heart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com slash podcast with code D-I-J-F-Y for a limited time. That's byheart.com slash podcast and code D-I-J-F-Y, short for didn't I just feed you. Additional terms and conditions apply. We know you're seeing all the Mother's Day gift guides everywhere. And while we usually do some didn't I just feed you version, this year we have the one perfect Mother's Day gift that works for everyone even our last-minute shoppers, mylifeinabook.com. Mylifeinabook.com is a unique service that turns the life stories of people you love into a beautiful book. Here's how it works. Every week, mylifeinabook.com will send your gift recipient a question via email. These can be pre-written questions that they provide, or you can customize the questions the way that I did for my mom. Your recipient can either type a response or use their voice-to-text feature. MyLifeInABook.com compiles all of her responses into a beautiful keepsake book. I'm really excited to be creating a book with my own mom this year, and I can't wait to hear some of her childhood memories, what it was really like raising three kids as a single mother, and how she's enjoyed becoming a grandmother, too. And when the book is done, you'll have a beautiful keepsake for her and for you too. You can even choose to have an audiobook created from the recordings. It's easy to sign up and the process is automated so you don't have to worry about missing a week. Check out mylifeinabook.com and use code D-I-J-F-Y at checkout for 10% off. Create an unforgettable gift for your mom this Mother's Day. That's mylifeinabook.com. Use code D-I-J-F-Y for 10% off today. The other thing I've been thinking about a lot since, because we kind of had this conversation in a different way when we had a listener um, write us an email kind of about the the men, the labor, like, oh, I'm already doing all these things. My family's yes. not willing to give up meat. And you were like, oh, like, can you do McDonald's one night? So you have like the night off. And it really got me thinking a lot about changing up my grocery routine and not just going to the grocery store that I like the most because it's a pleasurable shopping experience, but like changing up how you shop and maybe doing like you do a bulk shop and you go to Walmart if that's like what's closest to you or Sam's Club or whatever, or like maybe you go to Costco and that's where you get all your dried non-perishable things and you buy them like at the front of the month or the end of the month when you have more grocery budget to spend. But also because I was recently at in the pharmacy, we've had some sickness in our family. Milk and eggs are like so much cheaper at CVS or yes. Walgreens or whatever because they have to like go through it. So even just thinking outside of like grocery store options and shopping at places where they sell food, but they have maybe less turnover. And so they really need to turn things over. And like, maybe you only get milk and eggs at Walgreens and that's fine. And then everything else, but like, you can still save dollars every week, especially if that's like a large part of your grocery budget. I was so going to say hit the drugstore. I love it. And even some of the cereals, 
some cookies and snacks. I mean, I think maybe because I live in New York City and there's a drugstore, like a CVS, is a very normal place for us to stop and get snacks. Like if the kids are walking home from school or something, because there's so many like cookies and chips. So just price comparison and, and think outside of the box. I love that. I think it's super smart. And do the same for non-perishables. Paper towels, toilet paper. Think about where you're buying, you know, if you're packing paper, ba- does anyone pack a paper bag lunch anymore? I don't know. But like Ziplocs, sponges, laundry detergent, dish detergent, like all of these things really kind of spend maybe over the course of two weeks, just kind of going to different places to pick up different things and just kind of take note of the prices and then figure out where you can get the best deal for some of these things and how you can fit that into your routine if you have the time. Your thought about paper bag lunches also made me think this is like small, but also meaningful is like, can you afford to swap something that is like a one-time use thing with something that's more expensive, but you can use over and over again? I'm thinking of like zip top bags. Like those are kind of expensive if you have to buy them every week. But if you have some reusable options and you can even cut your disposables down by half, you can save a lot of money. So that's like one of those really easy swaps that you could make if you have a little bit of extra budget that's outside. Now I have a question for you. Do you include your toilet paper and paper towels and all that as part of your grocery budget? Or is that just stuff that you sometimes get when you're doing a grocery order? Yeah, no, that's a really good question. I do because I tend to do one-stop shop when I can from Fresh Direct, which has pretty competitive prices. And uh, I'll have them deliver one of those big paper towels. So that's usually, you know, it depends on the month. Once a month, I'll get one of those. So it's not part of every single shop or the toilet paper. We were getting them delivered from Amazon, but then Amazon packages, like the box for just the to- like the toilet it's paper huge. is huge. And I'm in New York City. It gets stolen a lot. Like there's just some convenience things. And then when I'm usually running to other stores or like the, the drugstore, I don't often have my car you know, where most people in other places are, if they've gone somewhere, they've gone in a car. So then it's like schlepping with a whole big, like 12 (laughs) case of Bounty or whatever. Speaking of which, that's a great place. Like paper towels, like Bounty is good, but like look for the other brands. Thinking about what you can use less of too. Like if you're going to buy a brand that's less expensive, more eco-friendly, but then you have to use like double the size of them instead. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Then like, I don't know. Anyway. So yes. Do you not include like, where do you get like toilet paper and cleaning supplies? This is one of those like country mouse, city mouse things. I feel like in a funny way or like suburban mom versus city mom. I never, never, obviously not never. I'm exaggerating. I typically like do not buy our non-perishable household stuff at the grocery store. I save it for like a Target trip because I have a red card and I save a little bit of money. I do buy like the off brands at at Target. Mm -hmm. But for whatever reason in my brain, it is separate. Well, not for whatever. I mean, it's literally like separate on our budget. Like household items is different than food items. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that that's just like a mental 
thing, maybe because I feel guilty because I we spent so much money on food and I'm like, no, 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 but this is different. <laughs> this me going to Target and spending $200, it's different. It's for the household. Well, can I tell you that I don't know how other New York City moms feel because we do have a Target nearby. Social media has made me think that I go to Target 5,000% less than every other mom in the United States. Like, I okay. Like-, like you feel like you're supposed to go there once a week or twice a week or daily? Yeah. Like I go to Target maybe twice a month. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. Maybe. That's my same. I don't, I'm not, we're not going to Target every week. I feel like it's once a month. And when I go to Target, it's usually like for something and I don't, I don't usually have my car because of where it is. So like, I'm not going to get a big haul of stuff. See my Target, I like specifically have to drive out there, but I will tell you, I am like the memes. I'm like the social media target that you see where I'm like, <laughs> if I can go to Target about myself, woo, I'm going <laughs> to yeah, get a like Starbucks. Not... I'm going to get a Starbucks and I'm going to take my time. That is but, so funny because the other also, thing is when I go to Target, it's almost always with the kids. And I would say it's 95% because they need new underwear or socks. Yeah. And you're like in and out. And I'm like, yes. how much time can I take? Totally. I love if I can go in the middle of the week and no one's there. <laughs> but I will say, especially like the last two years, it was a big deal when I felt like I could comfortably go to Target post pandemic and like not feel freaked out in any way or like have any anxiety. It's definitely not like pre-pandemic levels, but I have the experience where I'm like, oh, I'm going to go to Target as like a little treat for myself in the middle of the day and also get like dog food and paper towels or whatever. And then I'm like, I'm going to let myself buy whatever else I think I want that's on my list. And then I immediately get in there and you're struck by the like dollar section, which I know people love or the hot dollar spot or what the spot, whatever they call it now. And I like, I, something immediately like churns in me and I'm like, Oh, consumerism, capitalism. I was like, I gotta go now. <laughs> and like, I just get my list and leave. Yeah. I'm not a tar. I mean, like, I love Target. And it's true that when I am in the country for like longer periods of time, like really the summer is like the only big, big span of time. I do find that my shopping habits are different. And we've talked about this in relation to food over the summer. So I get it. It's just not nearly as convenient or fun somehow in the city. Yeah. I don't know. So yeah, my, my paper towels and my cleaning supplies and laundry are a little different because sometimes I'll throw that into Amazon if it's like there and it's time. That's like a we're just flying by the seat of our pants. Like someone will just yell because the boys do their own laundry and like sometimes Mike will do. So it's not like I'm not in a like particular rhythm. So someone usually has to be like, oh my gosh, we're almost out of laundry detergent. And then it's like, ah, I got to get laundry detergent right now because like we'll be out. So I'm not on a cadence with that. I know a lot of people use services like Grove and stuff for their cleaning supplies. Again, we have a cleaning woman who comes once a week and she'll like be like, we need some new Windex. I'm like, okay, ah." like I'm going to the supermarket (laughs) this week or I'll just like get on my phone on Amazon and just get like, yeah. And then I'll stock up so that I don't have to do it, but I don't, I should have more of a rhythm. And that actually speaks to some savings though. It's true that like when you're flying by the seat of your pants like that, I'm not comparing prices. I'm not like thinking about it. You just get the first thing if you can be on some sort of cadence and be like even just a little bit organized, it's like the same thing we're saying about food. 
if we're not wasteful and we're really like, we know what we have in, we know what we need to get out. You save money that way in the long run. Yes. I aspire to be one of those people who like does the subscribe and save. Yeah. Or like has totally. their once once a month or once every six months, like non-perishable stuff del- delivered to me. And I just haven't gotten there yet. So your listeners community will have some advice. Do you have any last parting thoughts before I give a little teaser to what our supporting subscribers are going to get in the next episode that's related to budgets? Yeah, I wanted to talk quickly about meat and swapping meat because meat has really been so expensive. And I know a lot of people will tell you to make more plant-based meals, you know, use lentils instead of beef, all of that jazz, which is good sound advice. We've given it fine, but it really doesn't work for a lot of people. Like some families just want meat. The texture is different. The taste is different. It depends if you have picky kids, kids with sensory issues. Like there's a thousand factors that can go into that, that that's not always such an easy swap. But if you look at ground beef versus ground turkey, I mean, especially for ground meat, a lot of it can be interchangeable. Like if there's a recipe that looks really, really good to you and it calls for ground lamb, which is going to be really expensive, it probably won't be the same if you use ground turkey, but you could use ground beef and it won't be exactly the same, but the flavor profile is likely to fit. So I just think that, you know, if there's like pork and pork is really expensive, could chicken work? Just thinking about swapping up your meats, I think it is easiest with ground meat. But in general, you know, thinking about how you can interchange it so that you're using what is absolutely most affordable, but still getting in that animal protein that your family craves and that you're used to cooking with is something really important to think about. I love it so much. I'm going to take a lot of these tips and make myself do them because my grocery budget is just like very slowly, slowly creeping up. Wait, I want to know real quick before we close. Okay. What's the one tip that we've mentioned that you think you can implement that will make a really big difference? Mm-hmm. That's a good question. I think I can take better advantage of my freezer and buy the things that we eat on repeat in bulk. Nice. Okay. And a longtime listeners will know that we used to have a bonus freezer in our Boise house. Yeah. And I've been pushing a little bit for us, like just a small one, not as big as we had before, but I think that having some additional freezer space would actually do well to save us money. Um, especially cause we, we have a neighbor who hunts and he's bringing us venison and like, I would love to buy more meat, like just like you're saying, buy more meats in bulk when they're on sale or find them more like local to us and say we saved money in Boise buying a whole cow or splitting a cow with my brother at one point in time. And so I'd like to really like get back to that and even like produce, being able to buy like lots of frozen broccoli, but have it stashed in in another place besides our kitchen freezer, I think would be the most helpful to us and the way that we eat. What about you? I think I need to think about my non-perishables. You really made me realize that I'm not putting thought into them the way I put thought into food. That like when I need paper towels and I'm doing my fresh direct, I'm just like, fine. And also because when you're doing online grocery, you're not perusing the store. So the I can type in paper towels, but sometimes I realize I just type in bounty 
just out of reflex and not thinking. And I'm probably doing two other things while I'm, you know, also grocery shopping. So bounty pops up. I'm not thinking about price comparing. I'm just hitting cart, you know? So I think that could probably being a little bit more mindful of that would be really helpful and using frozen vegetables more. You know, I just want to say about you already qualified it. You said that's what you would do for the way that you cook. I can imagine there being people out there just that the way their brains work, that having a whole bunch of stuff in a freezer would actually end up being wasteful because then you forget about it. You never refer to it. You forget to plan against it. And then that stuff gets freezer burning. You end up tossing it. So I can be one of those people. (laughs) And also, I just don't have a lot of freezer space, but I can choose frozen vegetables at least for the week over fresh a lot more. And I have a feeling I'm going to come back and be like you, like I'm mad that I haven't been cooking frozen broccoli the whole time. Yes. So those are my two things I'm going to pick up on. I know we're trying to hit, we're trying to get to our listeners group, but like that reminds me of one of the tips that I meant to share and forgot to when we were talking yeah. about like the veggie swap and the fruit swap is also like if you really have a strong preference for like fresh things or you don't have the freezer and fridge space, thinking about like swapping your the things that you just default buy that are like super fresh and way more perishable for things that are longer lasting naturally. So I wrote, I said like, oh, sweet potatoes versus like buying cucumbers. But that I don't know that that's an exact swap. But even thinking about like if you always buy mixed greens and they're, you like the like tender, delicate ones, can you like buy romaine yeah. or something that's like a little bit hardier instead? Yeah. It's kind of like the meat thing. Yeah. Like what's more affordable and how can we swap this out? It won't be exactly the same ever swaps don't have to be exactly one for one, but what will serve a similar purpose? Yes. And also I'm glad you asked what our individual favorites are because we should hit on the fact that like you can do, you could try to do all of these. You might get overwhelmed. You could try to do one of these a week and see what's the most effective for you or you can join us in our listeners group where <laughs> those other geniuses probably have even more ideas that we didn't think of. I wanted to tease that next week, our bonus episode subscribers are getting an episode about how much your grocery budget should be. We obviously have very hard and fast rules. We're going to prescribe exactly what everyone should be spending every single week. JK, we're going to talk about... <laughs> Our grocery budgets, we're going to talk about the idea of grocery budgets set by the USDA. We're going to talk about like how to actually build a grocery budget and maybe try to stick to it as much as possible because, I don't know, a lot of us are out here just flying by the seat of our pants. Yeah. And, and now not we just feel with their like non-perishables. We need... <laughs> yes. And you might feel like maybe a grocery budget would help you figure out the inflation thing, and we want to help you with that. So be sure to join us as a as a subscriber even just in our free listeners area um we hope that you've joined us there if not join for free at didn't i just feed you.com backslash community and get those bonus episodes recipes etc in our supporting community you can also keep up with us on instagram where we are at didn't i just feed you a humongous thank you to our producer samantha got sick i'm stacy and i'm megan stay sane and well fed until next week 
Be sure to subscribe to Didn't I Just Feed You wherever you're listening. And don't forget to rate and review. 